Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of Christ for their entire Christian lives and show us patterns of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Now, let's join today's Life Study. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to Him to show to His slaves the things that must quickly take place, and he made it known by signs, sending it by his angel to his slave John. That is Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. Hello, I'm Chris Wilde, and this is Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. And Ron Kangas has joined us for our opening of the Life Study of Revelation today. Ron, we just concluded a passage into a new millennium, and we've also just concluded the Life Study of the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of the Kingdom. So on both accounts, it seems fitting that we'd be here uh, beginning the Life Study of Revelation today. I'm very happy to participate in the fellowship as we begin this uh, most enlightening and surprising life study. I do think we say this often as we begin a, a new life study, opening a new book, but I think that our listeners are going to see particularly in a way, as you said, that is extremely fresh and from another perspective and angle. Maybe give us just the essence of where this life study will take us, Ron. This life study will be very different from other studies of Revelation, mainly because of a difference in focus. The focus of this life study will be a person, the wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the focus on him in relation to God's economy that brings in the newness and the freshness because this focus is in line with the focus of the Bible and the central thought of God in the Scriptures. Of course, the prophecies will be considered, but everything will be considered in relation to the preeminence of this person, and this person is the center of the divine administration according to the divine economy. So we will focus on Christ. The prophecies, the the symbols in Revelation, all the events to come, the kingdom, everything must be and will be related to Christ. If we in our study of Revelation pay attention to matters other than Christ, we are fundamentally defective in our approach. We must be Christ-centered and understand everything in relation to him. This is our burden, and this is our intention. Well, I think confirming that is even the way the book opens. It's interesting. Probably many people assume or maybe presume that it begins something like the revelation of the things to come. But the first words are so significant. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the real revelation, isn't it? This is precisely the point. The opening note points us first to the person. 
So we need to restrain our curiosity and activate our love for the Lord and pay attention more to the person who is present than to the things that are coming. If we have the proper attention uh, focused on the person, we will have the necessary and proper understanding of the prophecies. Well, let's get to it. Let's join Witness Lee with our first section from the Life Study of Revelation. This time, we are on the last book of the Bible. This book is a book of Revelation. Yet, due to the subtle enemy of God, such a book of Revelation has been nearly fully shut up by the enemy. Revelation is a book of conclusion. Suppose you take the book of Revelation away from the Bible. Right away you can see the shortage. There is the beginning, but there's no ending. In Genesis, you do have a good start. But without Revelation, you just don't have a conclusion. You don't have the consummation. God had a good start. And God has also passed through so many works. There's the need of a consummation. Without Revelation, we don't have a conclusion of God's economy. God is a God of purpose. He is great. A great God surely has a purpose. And for his purpose, he needs the economy to be accomplished. Here you have the conclusion of God's economy. Number two. Without this book, we don't have a conclusion of the redemption of Christ. Christ came in the flesh, and Christ died on the cross to accomplish redemption. Revelation tells us Christ redeemed us, and Christ bought us with his blood to make us what? A kingdom. And to make us priests. Number three. This book also gives us a very wonderful, marvelous consummation of the church. God's economy. Christ's redemption. And the church's testimony. I tell you, without revelation. Oh, even you could read the epistles again and again. You might not be so clear about the church being Christ's testimony. In this book, firstly, the churches are the shining lampstands in the dark night. And eventually, in eternity, the church will be the new Jerusalem upon the golden mount. Isn't this wonderful? This is the consummation of the church. Then, lastly, the enemy's destination. Amen. Satan's destination. 
without the book of Revelation. No one can realize what will happen to Satan. In this book, we have the conclusion of all these four things. Hallelujah. It impressed me listening to this that uh, really it's, it's not nearly enough just to think of Revelation as the last book of the Bible. This book gives us a conclusion and a consummation to four marvelous items that he just pointed out. God's economy, the redemption of Christ, the church, and Satan's final conclusion and destination. If it's possible in the few minutes we've allotted to this portion, how can we see these kind of topics, these great topics concluded in just one book? I'd like to comment on the four as you requested, but I'd like to leave the first one, God's economy, for the last. Okay. So uh, we have the consummation of Christ's redemption, by which we mean what is the goal of Christ's redemption? The common thought is that Christ died as the Lamb of God, that our sins may be forgiven based upon his redemption so that when we die, we go to heaven. Well, that is not the revelation of the Bible. That's a common religious notion. The goal of redemption, the consummation of redemption, is that we become a kingdom and priests to God. This is clearly revealed in the book of Revelation, that he purchased us with his blood with the goal of making us a kingdom. And this kingdom is composed of priests. So the kingdom and the priests, the priests signify the expression, the image in Genesis one twenty six. The kingdom signifies the dominion, uh, the representation in Genesis one twenty six. Thus, to be a kingdom of priests through redemption is to fulfill God's original purpose in the book of Genesis, that we express him and represent him. Then we have the consummation of the church in chapter 1 and the two chapters following. Uh, The churches are symbolized by golden lampstands. So this is now in time, the seven lampstands, the number seven for the completion of God's move. But what is the consummation of the churches? Again, it's not a heavenly mansion. It's the golden mountain of the new Jerusalem. So without revelation, we don't know the ultimate consummation of the churches. Then there's an enemy about, and what is to become of him? Well, he doesn't deserve much attention, so let's not give him very much. Let's just point out that according to the vision given to John, Satan, the devil, is in the lake of fire. That's his destiny. Now back to the first point, because it is little known even among the seeking believers, God's economy. The Bible is a book of God's economy, God's plan and arrangement under his administration to dispense himself in Christ into us as our life, our life supply, and our everything to produce his corporate expression. Today, in the church, as the body of Christ, in eternity, as the new Jerusalem. Well, if we have a mistaken view of the end of something, that will warp our understanding of that whole matter. Uh, The end is the ultimate unveiling. And as we look back, then we can see everything in relation to the end. 
So if we assume that everything ends with our being in a heavenly mansion, that will give us one view of the Bible and of God's salvation. But if we have the proper view, the biblical view, unveiled in Revelation, that the consummation of God's economy is the new Jerusalem, not as a material city, but as an organic entity of the triune God mingled with the believers in Christ, if we see this as unveiled in Revelation and consider the whole Bible in relation to this end, then we will have a proper understanding of the Bible as a whole and of God's economy in particular. This is an exceedingly precious matter, and I hope that will become more and more clear as we proceed through this enlightening, invigorating, supplying, nourishing, and in a proper sense, challenging life study. Well, let's carry on with it. Of course, Revelation was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but penned by the Apostle John, and that was not his only contribution to the New Testament. We're going to see a little bit about the other things that he uh, inked as well and how they play into this revelation. Let's go back to Witness Lee. John, the Apostle, has three categories of writings. We all know these. The Gospel, the Epistles, and the Revelation. In his gospel is the imparting of life. Jesus, the Lord, said, I am come that you may have life and may have it abundantly. This is the imparting of life. He says, a grain of wheat dies and rises up, it will produce many grains. This is imparting of life. And this is the central thought of the Gospel of John. In his epistles is the fellowship for the growth of life. Life has been imparted into us, but this life needs the growth. How could this life grow? By fellowship. So, in the epistles of John, you could see the fellowship for the growth of life. Now, in his last category of books, in the book Revelation, you could see the reaping of life. Life was firstly imparted, then it grows, and eventually there will be a reaping of life. This book is the conclusion of the New Testament. The New Testament firstly has the Gospels, then the Acts, then the Epistles, then the Revelation. In the Gospels is the sowing of the seed of life. Then in the Acts is propagation of life. Then in the Epistles, you could see, again, the growth of life. The central concept of all the epistles written by Paul, John, Peter, and James, the central thought in the epistles is the growth of life. We need to grow. Again, in Revelation, the harvest of life. In this book, in chapter 14, you do have a harvest. The uh, field is ripe. 
Now it is good for a harvest, and the whole field has been harvested. You can see, without revelation, there is no conclusion of the new husband. Then, this book is the conclusion of the entire Bible. The entire Bible needs such a conclusion. The seed of the divine revelation was sown there in Genesis. After that, in all the following books, altogether 64. The all 64 books are the progressive development of the divine revelation. Then, eventually, in the book of Revelation, is the harvest again. The harvest of the divine revelation. So, we all must get into this book. Well, Ron, this is interesting. The writings of John, like the entire Bible, begin with the seed, the seed of life being sown, and then pass through the development or growth of life and finally consummate with the harvest. Uh, it seems that we've just been given a, a kind of a framework or a structure by which we can understand the whole Bible, haven't we? We have, and we could even go further all the way back to Genesis. The way to understand Genesis, really, is to read forward to the end of the Bible and understand Genesis, the beginning, in light of the end, Revelation. And the proper way to understand Revelation, the end of the Bible, is to read it in light of Genesis, the beginning, and all the progression from the beginning to the end. So whether it's the side of truth or revelation or the side of life, the principle uh, holds true. So focusing on John's writings, which are writings very much concerned with the eternal life. In his gospel, we have the imparting of life. Then in his epistles, especially the first, is the growth in life through the fellowship of life. But this growth and fellowship, based on impartation, must have an issue, a consummation, and that's in Revelation with the reaping of life. The same is true in principle with uh, the divine revelation. We can go back to Genesis. For the most part, all the seeds of the divine truths or the divine revelation are sown in Genesis. What is sown must have a development, and it does throughout the rest of the scriptures, and it must have a harvest or a reaping, which it does in the book of Revelation. This is a very organic view of the book of Revelation. And this organic view concentrates on Revelation as a book of harvest or reaping. On the one hand, there's a harvest or reaping of the line of life. On the other hand, there's a harvest or reaping of the line of truth. So we need to understand the book of Revelation in this light, and I would say according to this life. Then we will be prepared for a genuine life study of Revelation. The life follows the line of life through the scriptures. The study follows the line of truth or revelation through the scriptures. You put them together, you have this marvelous combination we call life study. Well, let's join it as it continues. Here's Witness Lee once again. So, this book of Revelation is a book of conclusion. Then, how about the contents? The contents. Never say the contents 
is of some kind of uh, frogs, scorpions, serpents, horses, locusts. Even this book is not merely just the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bulls. No. This book is a book, firstly, of Christ. And secondly, it's a book of the church. And thirdly, it is a book of God's economy. So, the revelation of Christ in this book is unique. You could never see the revelation of Christ as revealed or unveiled in this book in other books. This is the first item of the contents of this book. Then, the testimony of Jesus. What is the testimony of Jesus? That is the church. The church is particular and consummate. In this book, you can see the particular and consummate record of the church. In no other book, you can see the churches are lampstands. And in no other book, you can see the man-child. In no other book, you can see the first fruit. In no other book, you can see the New Jerusalem. All these are the particular revelations of the church. And these revelations are consuming. We must pick up all the contents of this book. Then, the economy of God. That means the universal and eternal administration of God. In this book, you can see God's administration. Universal and eternal. Space-wise is universal. Time-wise is eternal. In this book, you do have the universal and eternal administration of God to carry out His economy. We all must see these three things. Ron, this is a wonderful overview of this book. Revelation gives us the unique revelation of Christ, the testimony of Jesus, and finally the universal administration of God to carry out His economy. With such a rich content, Ron... I have to say it's a shame to see such a book reduced to just the study of things like frogs, scorpions, and locusts, and it most often is, isn't it? Unfortunately, yes. So let's not do that. Let us uh, open ourselves and even humble ourselves to receive the supply that comes from a proper and a healthy approach to Revelation, which is focused on the things that God pays attention to. First, Christ then the testimony, the corporate expression of Christ, and then to the universal administration to carry out God's economy. We'll comment on frogs and scorpions and horses and beasts in due time and in proper measure, but they will not become our focus. And we hope that our listeners would be willing for the spirit within them to adjust their focus and expectation to join us as we concentrate on Christ, 
the testimony of Jesus, and the economy of God. These are the heart of Revelation. Thank you, Ron. This has been, a, uh, I think, a very, very solid, uh, satisfying introduction, beginning to our life study. We'll have some uh, weeks together in this marvelous book. I'm happy today, and I look forward to happy fellowship to come. Amen. God is in the fellowship. I think you told me that the other day in the hallway. He is then, and he is now. Amen. Uh, We are out of time. I had a hunch that we would have a hard time confining ourselves to the clock today. Such is the case. Let me just leave you with our toll-free number and invite you earnestly to give us a call. We'd love to talk with you as we begin this Life Study. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Please join us again tomorrow as we get further into the Life Study of Revelation. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The recovery version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, more than 13,000 cross-references, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament recovery version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.